Go get it if I want it Gotta make to myself a promise I won't quit, keep going till I got it I won't give up till I'm on top Yo, no, I ain't the type to give up If I do something, man, I do it till I get what I want I turn a business out of nothing into something I love I got a poker face, but honestly, I'm not one to bluff I flip a switch Welcome to Incoming with Margie Avery Where we consider life and how to get through it happily Hello and welcome to Incoming. I'm your host, Margie Avery. Thank you for listening today. Thank you for downloading, taking time out of your life to listen to my voice. Today, I'm going to do what I consider to be kind of a fun one, and I hope, I do believe, and if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all, but this one's been in the news so much in the last week that I I can't help but say something about it, and that is King Charles's coronation. You know, it's a funny thing that so many Americans have an opinion at all about it because it's not our country. But to me, this is a respectable tradition that has existed for centuries. And I'm going to assume the majority of people in England are for it because if they weren't, I imagine something would be changed. They would have been overthrown or something by now. But I watched the coronation, and, you know, because like most people, I grew up watching Charles and Diana. My mother used to always talk because she watched Charles grow up and followed the Queen. And, you know, I don't know, we're Americans, but somehow it seeped into our culture because they are our cousins. And I was watching this, and, you know, I couldn't help. I had to, you know, oh, God, Harry. I mean, here's the thing, and it I'm going to bring him up again because it— It sort of touches on my overarching topics or theme all the time. There's a guy who's very resentful of the fact that his entire life has been intruded upon by the media and often in very negative ways, which I think is true for anybody that has the media in their life a lot. It eventually comes around to being kind of cutthroat, kind of negative, because they'll say anything to, you know, sell a news story. So, but at the same time, he wrote a book in which he told his family's personal information for profit and tried to justify it by saying that the profits were going to go to charity. But now, you see, you got to watch these things carefully. I'm, I'm an accountant. What's profit? Profit after your payroll for that book? that after you paid yourself and everyone else involved in doing that book? Or did you take zero and all of the money is going to your charity? And by the way, the money is going to his charitable foundation, the Archwell Foundation, where it will be distributed out to whatever, you know, charity he sees fit. And it's so many things. First of all, he's doing this because it's the only thing he knows how to do because it's exactly what the royal family does. They represent England, and because of their popularity, they represent different charitable endeavors, and they bring in money with their name by participating in events with these charities. That is one of their big purposes. It is their work, as they call it. And that's the only thing that this man knows how to do, is to emulate the life he knew in the royal family and create charitable foundations of his own and ask us to fund it, which is no different than what happens in England. The public funds it. So there's that. But then there's also the factor of this privacy issue. You know, I can respect how the guy feels about it. 
I, I think it's one thing if you choose that lifestyle because it's your, it's your work, you are compensated for it in some manner, but when you're born into it, you didn't really have a choice. I know how that feels to be born into situations that are psychologically taxing, but you have to deal with it even though you didn't have a choice in it. I get that. But you're continuing to choose to keep yourself in the limelight because it is the only way you know to financially support yourself. And you are sort of almost making up ways in which you're doing it and telling yourself that you're helping people. Maybe you are, maybe you're not. But you're not out there literally working a job doing something because you have no idea what that really is. And you write a book where you expose your side only of family stories that involve your stepmother, your father, your mother, your cousins, your brother. You did this without their permission. You did this without giving them the opportunity to tell their version of events because there are two sides to every story and we've only heard one and we've gobbled it up because it's juicy gossip and I don't blame anybody for that. But here's the thing. You're in a lawsuit with many other people in England and and it sounds like what went on wasn't ethical or correct, but it's about privacy, but yet you don't care about the fact that you used your family's privacy to make money for you, to enrich yourself. And you keep saying, challenging them to, well, they can tell their version too if they just want to talk to me. Well, clearly, they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to air it publicly. The other side to that is I have to wonder, we all have issues. We all have mommy or daddy issues or older or younger sibling issues. We all have issues. But if we're going to take an opportunity to talk about it, I guess, you know, if the idea is here, we're trying to work through it. What in God's name are you succeeding in by working through it publicly with a public that, by your own admission, you don't want involved in your private life? Putting it out there in a book for me to read isn't going to solve anything between you and your brother or you and your father or you and anyone else. I don't know you and I don't know them and I don't have access to either of you. And how is how are public admissions of these private, private, intimate details of your life going to help you work through your issues with your family and your issues with the public intruding on your private life? Do you see where I went with that? But you know, we all we all kind of do this. A lot of people on social media, I mean, I realize I share things about my life. I'm doing it because I think sometimes none of us has anyone to relate to. And maybe that's what he thinks too. But that's not what he says. What he says is he has gone through therapy and all these things to work through the issues that he has because of the way that his family treated him. And one of his big issues and one of his big triggers is the intrusion by the public into his private life. So how is writing an extremely public book telling the private details of your life to the people that you don't want to have that kind of access going to help you work through this issue you know I mean but as I said we all kind of do this a little bit we air our dirty laundry our private problems publicly looking for some kind of resolution to it from the public but yet we're all very reticent to go have a one-on-one conversation with the person that we actually have the issue with but the rest of us aren't complaining that we don't want the public in our private life. As I said, 
I'm doing this podcast. I realize it's public. The things I share are clearly things that I don't care if they're public. I'm not complaining about the public intruding on my private life. So it's hard to take a guy like that seriously. And with these issues still unresolved, he still showed up to the coronation. Now, I do respect the fact that that was his father and all other issues aside, he should have been there. But I've also heard that he has filed these lawsuits about not having police protection when he's in England and not having the royal protection that he was once afforded when he was a working royal. But yet, I saw that he had a police escort from the coronation to the airport where he exited and entered the Windsor Family Lounge, private airport lounge, which I understand is quite lavish. So the guy who wants to just be just everyday guy, well, I don't have access to that lounge, neither do you, and we never will. So he still has that. And I don't know, but he, does he have the world's largest closet in his mansion that holds all of his morning suits and medals and other assorted regalia that he has to put on when he does show up for his grandmother's funeral or a coronation. I don't know, wonder these things. I just wonder these things. But again, this is something that we can't just pick on him because often we all do this. While we're whining and complaining about one thing, we're doing the very thing that we're complaining about. And he's complaining about the entire institution and he thinks that it should be gone. Who's he to say that? When obviously, again, the majority of Britain thinks it should be there. Or there'd be much more widespread protesting and marching in the streets to get rid of it. And believe me, those politicians would begin to listen after a certain number of people took to the streets. Politicians are politicians in any country. They want to stay politicians, so they'll do whatever the, the, the vast majority of crowds want them to do. But... You cannot complain about something and make it public and share it with the world, but yet you're participating in it. It's, it's the antithesis of what you're aiming for. If you wanted out of this lifestyle, then why didn't you just go out of it and go live a nice, quiet, private lifestyle? You're living in one of the most paparazzi, media-driven states in the United States, and in one of the areas that is very tony with high-profile people, and you're participating in anything you can that puts yourself out there where you say you don't want to be. Why you say that the monarchy shouldn't exist, they're being exalted for nothing. Well, aren't you too, Harry? What's so special about you? And again... Why disrespect your father and your brother? Because they have chosen to have this be their life, to participate in it this way. I mean, they respected your decision not to be part of it. You're still invited to family functions. They just decided they weren't going to give you the money anymore. And you can't stand it. Well, you get the money for being a part of the monarchy. And if you think the monarchy shouldn't exist, then that means you think that the public should no longer be contributing their tax dollars to support the monarchy, but yet you want some of those dollars that you were cut off from the moment you chose not to be a part of the monarchy anymore. Do you see how it just goes like a hamster on a wheel? Just something to think about. I mean, I thought that it was uh, an amazing piece of history to watch. 
something that none of us have ever seen in our lifetime. And it was the pageantry of it was was really kind of cool. And I respect the fact that they are keeping a centuries-old tradition that represents their country alive. And, you know, then came in the rhetoric of, well, what about the history, the colonial period? Well, okay, I get it. But, you know, can you say that about any country? You know, couldn't you say that about the United States, the treatment of the American Indians? Should we destroy the United States because at some point in history, some Americans did bad things? What about Nazism in Germany? Should we wipe Germany off the map because at some point in history, some group of Germans did something wrong? You know, there is no country that you can, I mean, and many, many countries participated in slavery, including black nations in Africa that captured uh, opposing tribes and sold them into slavery. I mean, so this, you know, come on, guys. Look at the whole topic before you judge. And again, this is a centuries-old country. Many, many, many things have been done wrong and have been done right. And you can't take people living today and blame them for something that their country did 100 years ago or more. Just like here in the United States. Slavery was a horrible thing. But it's not fair to take Americans walking the street today and say that they should somehow pay a price for it. I mean, I am part black. My great-grandfather was a slave owner. I, 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 I'm just saying that to tell you that I'm not, I, you know, I understand what I'm saying, what I'm representing. And I don't feel that a person living today in the United States because that once happened in this country, owes me something. Because you certainly wouldn't be making it up to my dead relatives, and it never happened to me, so why do I have a right to something? And back to, England is centuries old, and yes, they've done some wrong over the years. We are infantile in age compared to them. We're 225 whatever years old, and we did something equal to the Native Americans. We, we, we checked all the boxes between that and what was done to the Jews and the Holocaust. I mean, we took these people's culture away. We enslaved them. We didn't even give them equal legal rights. Just saying. And we did something very similar to Asian Americans during World War II. We didn't sift or sort anything. We just said, you're Asian. We're going to take your businesses. We're going to take your houses. We're going to put you in camps, and that's where you have to live, even though you may have children serving in the army helping us fight this enemy. So what is that saying? It's not a saying. It's from the Bible. He who is without sin can cast the first stone. So I didn't like that rhetoric surrounding it either because King Charles has never been a part of any of these things. None of them. So, I guess that this is just my lighthearted uh, gossip session today. But sometimes we have to have some levity. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast today. I'd appreciate to hear your thoughts on this. Please support the show, like and subscribe, and I will see you all next time on Incoming with Margie Avery. So
positivity. I feel like we all just hate on everything is killing me. Thoughts build quick, causing different possibilities. Negative thoughts will cause different disabilities. So do better, work hard under pressure. If you got no time, work smarter than ever. Don't ever let them tell you that you can't ever say never and turn your mind into the truth.